People have so many different hacks for getting a good night's sleep. And it's not to say that those don't work, but I really think you cannot discount the power of just good quality sheets and how much that can transform your sleep. I told you guys about these before, but as far as I'm concerned, Bowl and Branch are the best sheets on the market. And I think for me, the thing that like makes them so good is that they're really soft and luxurious while also being breathable. So they kind of work in all weather and their signature sheets are their best seller. They come in 14 versatile colors in all sizes from twin up to California King. I have them in the color stone. I have them in the color mineral. I have the waffle blanket. I have so many things from this company. Everything is just quality and their sheets are made with the finest hundred percent organic cotton and completely free from toxins. Also, they said this, but I didn't really get it until I started using the sheets. They do get softer with every wash and you'll see that. I've gotten these as gifts for so many people and every single person has been a repeat customer. And there's a 30 night worry-free guarantee. So you can wash style and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bolin Branch. Get 15% off your order when you use promo code CBC at BolinBranch.com. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code CBC. Exclusions apply, see site for details. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Isabel. And welcome back to another episode of Comments by Bravo. Hey Iz. Hi Em. I am fucking losing my mind, you guys. It is 11, 12 p.m. We have coming off fresh of watching Sheena on Watch What Happens and that absolutely wild Vanderpump episode. We didn't even have time to fully gather our thoughts because we just said, let's hit record and just start going. We are so lucky to live in this time that they make TV that is this good or that people are the way they are and also sign up to be on TV. Like I am just feeling so grateful from the bottom of my heart that just when you think it's over, we've exhausted everything, we've seen it all, we know what to expect, we get an episode like this. Like This honestly was not what I was expecting at all. It was not what I was expecting at all. And the other thing is what we've been saying for the last few weeks are, yeah, these are great episodes, but also it's so much better for us because we have this scan of all knowledge. What was so crazy here is I felt like my worlds were colliding because my pre-scan of all self and my post-scan of all self was happening on the screen in front of me because all of a sudden the main characters in this show are also starting to catch on to the scan of all situation. You know, we fully turned a corner tonight. And I guess I don't really know how I had it mapped out in my head. I sort of felt like it would be a season. We would find these little Easter eggs similar to what we've been doing the last couple of weeks. And then the final, I don't know, episode or two that they filmed when they picked the cameras back up would be like all scannable. Like I thought it would be a very clear cut line, but this footage has just been sitting there. Like this was all just going to go out within the season. And like, honestly, maybe we'd never think anything of it. Like there is a parallel universe where we watched this episode. We cared way more about the Oliver stuff and the Lala and Raquel of it all. And all these comments about Tom and Raquel sort of fell to the back burner. Andy asked them one question about the reunion and they're like, ha no, we're just great friends. Like they've always been so great to me. And we moved on with our lives. So the fact that we're getting this, like the editors, producers, Andy, everyone watched this and probably ne- never thought anything of it. The way that Sheena felt on Watch Rappin's Live. And she was like, I never thought any of this was weird, but now it's like a glaring red blinking light in your face. I don't know, Isabel. I don't know if there is a world in which I could have watched that scene between Vanderpump, Schwartz, Sandoval, and Raquel and not thought something was a little bit off. Because even Lisa says, 
why do you like this so much? You know, his energy was not just someone that was excited about the possibility of his best friend hooking up with his other very close friend. That was the face of a man that had some other thoughts going on. And I, I don't know, I'm not trying to give myself so much credit because I agree with you. Most likely we would have been naive. I just think that one scene specifically was hard to not think something was up. I think what makes it all, like, obviously there's a million factors, but one specific thing that Sandoval does that really not only threw everyone off their tracks, but is like so eerie is how committed he is to helping Schwartz through this problem and supporting him and Raquel and supporting Raquel in all these different ways where it doesn't seem like he's jealous, but he obviously is and has all of these frustrations and feelings going on. And I think in a sick way, it's because he knows that with him and Raquel, there's this deep connection and that everything that's going on on the quote surface doesn't matter. So it's like watching him act in this way is like, oh my God. And then also with Ariana, I I don't even know where to begin. I really don't. This was This was so full of everything. I could watch this a million times and never run out of things to say. I know. I mean, we have a 15-page outline in front of us. And honestly, (laughs) I can't can't even go through it methodically because I just want to start with the things that are coming to my mind, which honestly, I'm sorry. I know I'm jumping ahead and we will circle back. Let me tell you something. Out of this entire cast, right? We are filled with firecrackers. We have Lala. We have Sheena. It's Allie. It's Allie that's the one dropping the bomb about the Abbey. Yes, and I loved getting that behind the scenes of how Allie brought it to the group because it wasn't in such a way of like, you guys are never going to believe this. I need to tell you immediately. It was in casual conversation as they were all leaving Lala's apartment. And I think everyone heard it and it sort of perked their ears up. I loved that tidbit of information. And I just love everyone reflecting on it and being like, hmm, that's a little weird, but we're not going to come right out and sort of make a big deal about it. It was sort of just the very first drop in the bucket that was on everyone's radar. And then Katie used it against Tom later, but I think she's just looking at that point for anything she can against Raquel. And in in doing so, obviously is not Sandoval's biggest fan. Right, which uh, we obviously need to deep dive that interaction between Katie and Sandoval in one minute. But I just want to say, to support your point, even Sheena on Watch What Happens Tonight is like, honestly, I didn't think anything of it because yeah, it wouldn't be so off-brand for me to be dancing with Sandoval at 1 a.m. at the Abbey. Like, It just goes to show how normalized this type of behavior was in the group. And they really had that to their advantage because they could effectively hide in plain sight. It's like so twisted. Like they went to the most popular bar in West Hollywood that is in the same strip as Pump and Tom Tom, where it's like, yeah, we're just out here. You know, there's nothing to hide. But it's like, it's such crazy reverse psychology and you can't believe the lengths that they went. It's really so insane. Yeah, I mean, to go to Lala's birthday for a second and really zone in on that scene between Katie and Sandoval, which is so eerie to watch now when Katie says to him, it's so funny to me, Raquel is such a dumb bitch, she shouldn't have showed up to Lala's birthday party. And Sandoval says, you seem to get a lot of joy out of that. And Katie says, I don't get a lot of joy, it's just funny to me. You get a lot of joy out of Raquel as well. He said, yeah, she's a cool person. Katie goes, you go to the Abbey together at one o'clock in the morning. And he's like, dude, what the fuck are you saying? Get the fuck out of here. But you cannot tell me that even though his words are making it as though Katie is making these totally outlandish claims, that that is not the face of a panicked man. You saw it in his eyes that he is starting to realize, oh shit, they may be onto us. 
I'm not going to say it's a man who was caught with his pants down, but it was a man with his pants unbuttoned. <laughs> like yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We're in the beginning stages here. And it's like really hard because I think by nature, Sandoval is like the most defensive person. But you're right. I, I, he did feel that internal panic. And given the timeline, I mean, I don't know, but the fact that Lisa also made that comment and just like these little things, I think he's like, oh no, like they are, they are on to me. Wait, I'm sorry. I know in the heat of the moment, we just really glazed over the scene between Lisa Sandoval, Schwartz, and Raquel. We got to go back to that because that scene alone warrants a full hour episode. I mean, there is so much there. And when she comes down and sits between the two of them, I I felt like I was having an out-of-body experience. And thank God going on Twitter, you, you felt this camaraderie among the other Bravo viewers because I don't know how to explain the feeling that I was having while watching that to someone that doesn't watch. Like there's too many dynamics at play to even try to begin what is going through your mind when you are viewing this scene. Sandoval throughout the whole episode and then specifically in this scene, he just loves like protecting Raquel and being defensive of her and protecting her and like really taking her under his wing. And I think he likes to feel like this sort of savior complex and it it comes out in small ways. And obviously he can't be so forthright about it, but I also think that they sort of naturally have fallen into those things and everyone views Raquel as like a little bird who maybe needs saving. So it's easy for him to get away from it. But the way he looks at her, the way he is just wanting to comfort her in a way that is like borderline inappropriate. So he has to sort of figure out what even is appropriate. Like what's appropriate in this group? What's appropriate in these friendships? Like the the line between all of them was blurred so long ago. I think they've all already lost touch with reality. So to watch him like trying to figure out how can I touch her? How can I talk to her? How can I look at her? I mean, He is doing fucking mind gymnastics and it's like, it's really something to watch. I know. And honestly, specifically, I was thinking this while watching this scene, it makes you understand so much more the shorts of it all. Not necessarily from the angle of like, well, Sandoval loved it so much because it served as a cover for him and Raquel. I don't even mean it from that angle. I more so mean it. The fact that shorts and Raquel was going on and was this massive topic of conversation, it allowed Sandoval to just simply talk about Raquel in a way that didn't feel suspicious. You know, like there was allowed to be so much attention around her and about her. And so he was able to kind of get his fix in a way that was kosher. Even, I mean, I know this may feel like a stretch, but even in the scene when they're at his house with Ariana and Katie, and they're talking about the whole situation between Raquel and Schwartz, you could tell, yes, they're a part of Sandoval that loved it because it was getting under Katie's skin. Absolutely. But on top of that, he enjoys just genuinely being able to discuss her. Like watching this, knowing what Schwartz said a few weeks ago about how uh, Raquel was effectively Sandoval's heroine. It, it makes so much sense. And, you know, not to take Schwartz's word as, as Bible by any means. However, having that context and watching this, I think his description is relatively accurate. Yeah, that is so wild. Like, he does not care what the content of the conversation is. He just likes to talk about her or have her around. Even having her make out with his best friend, he's just happy that she's there. It's such a, it's such a deep twisted kind of infatuation that they have. And obviously, like I said before, whatever he felt was going on between the two of them was like this unspoken bond that they had. And no matter what was going on in the outside world, it didn't matter. But 
that was so clear here. It just even having her around the mention of her name was just so exciting to him. Yes. And wait, other thing, hold on. So that scene between him and Ariana, where they're talking about the freezing of the embryos and kind of just general, their relationship dynamics. Wait, this is like, (laughs) here's the thing. You know, I I know we've spoken so much about watching this show now post Scandaval and how you have this lens, new lens unlocked, watching Vanderpump post Howie Mandel interview. Like I can't watch the scene and not think about the way that he was describing his relationship with Ariana because, you know, they are full blown deep in the process of having these very uh, intense relationship discussions. However, to me, it was very, very clear that Sandoval was actively trying to bring some of their issues more to the forefront, which can't necessarily blame him. I mean, there's something to be said for airing it all out there, but I felt that it was a conscious decision to voice these things to her on camera in this moment so that he could use it potentially as proof. I, I don't know if that's a stretch, but that's how I felt. Yep. Oh my God. Let me like crack my back, crack my knuckles because I got a lot to fucking say. Let's go. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen and... Every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. So I don't know if you guys suffer from allergies, but kind of a new development in my life is that I apparently do. I didn't used to, but in the last few years, I've noticed specifically as the seasons change that I start to have allergies. And to me, there is nothing more uncomfortable than that feeling of nasal congestion. Like you just don't feel like yourself. And I was really looking for something that worked because so much of this stuff doesn't work. And I found Astapro to be really helpful. So I think it could be for you too, if you deal with this kind of stuff. So Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray, and it starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray, and Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. By the way, that 30 minutes thing is real, and for me to have relief in 30 minutes is just a game-changer. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O-Allergy.com. Astapro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. First of all, regarding Howie Mandel, Sandoval framing it that out of the blue, the night that they were going to his show when... She then finds the phone, finds out about the affair, whatever. She randomly dropped it on him and was in denial about 
them being broken up that she wanted to start freezing their embryos, whatever. Meanwhile, here we are watching a full scene go down. Clearly, uh, looking at a calendar, you're going in to give a sperm sample. Like, it, it wasn't like she just one day randomly dropped this on him. There have been conversations, not just for months, for weeks, for years. So, uh, again, not that we ever thought he was even slightly a trustworthy narrator, but here we are, like a week later, you played yourself. We all knew that wasn't true. And to watch this kind of real serious conversation go down where they're not really sure the future, but it definitely was a topic of conversation, very much validates that he is wrong. Second, I can't help but feel that the way he started addressing these problems in their relationship felt so contrived. Obviously, he's entitled to his feelings. We've seen them have serious conversations all these times before, but it it really felt like he was so consciously trying to drop hints. And he was like, all right, let me start, you know, laying the groundwork, putting down the first bricks of like, I am unhappy. I want this to be out there. And like, he's trying to have this conversation. She's like, what are you talking about? Like, this feels so unnatural, especially we, we've seen them have serious conversations. We've seen them have issues. It was almost like that. It's a meme now, but it's actually seen from Courtney and Kim Take New York, where it's Kim like, yeah, I'm trying to drop hints that I'm single. I'm single. And <laughs> it just felt so, I, I don't know. Did you get that vibe too of like, he said, all right, today's the day I'm going to start painting this picture that I'm unhappy and it'll be documented on film so nobody can deny it. And she was not feeling the vibe because she is the one who's actually in the relationship. She was sort of like, what are you talking about? I know from his perspective, that could be like invalidating his feelings and her not wanting to hear him, but it just felt so insincere. Yes, completely. And honestly, the challenge that I'm currently facing while watching this is that my dislike for this man is so intense that I no longer feel I am capable of being an objective viewer. Like I can't view scenes with Tom Sandoval neutrally anymore because I just can't stand him in such a serious way that I don't know if none of this had happened, if I would have watched the scene and felt a little bit more sympathetic towards him. Because it's not that I disagree with what he's saying. And I really can commend someone for being forthcoming in their feelings. Generally speaking, I support that, but I agree with you 100%. To me, it felt so contrived and almost so intentional. Like he was airing these things out so that he could then have evidence when he had to defend himself in the future. That's how well thought out it felt to me, whether or not that's accurate. That's how I'm feeling watching this. And like, I acknowledge my bias, but it's impossible to not have it. I don't know. I think even if we didn't know anything, we would feel like this scene was like just something was off and it felt so insincere. And like we've seen him be sincere and have deep feelings and this was not it. And I I don't know. I felt Ariana looking at him being like, who are you? What are you talking about? And why are we having this conversation when clearly things have been going well enough that she wanted to sit down and discuss the timeline of their fertility journey and you're choosing, you know, this 10 minute combo at home to bring up now these issues of that I don't think you're funny or interesting or that you're an idiot. It's just, oh my God, it really pisses me off. And it really, it's hard to watch him because you know that his wheels are turning and everything he does and says is while so sloppy, also at the same time has some sort of end goal and has a, a master plan, even though it's not a good one. I know. I know. I mean, Okay. There's actually so much in this episode. Can I tell you something? I don't know how people are going to feel about this. Honestly, the Raquel and Oliver stuff, it's just not doing it for me. Yeah. Because I don't really care about 
the specifics of what's going on in Oliver's relationship and marriage. Like, I wish him well. Yeah, he's Garcelle's son. I love seeing Garcelle sit down with Lisa Vanderpump, make a couple of snide jokes about Rinna Rosé. But I think something we discussed was like, it's almost only interesting to me because of how it reflects into Scandaval. Of, I felt, I mean, you know, it's hard to be, sort of nice to Raquel in this moment, but I felt like she actually handled the situation at hand relatively well and very clean. She heard about it. She called Samantha. She addressed Oliver directly. She talked to everyone in the group. She wiped her hands clean and she ended up kind of looking like the good guy, even though she was getting hate on social media. But I actually, all in all, in the end, think she did the right thing. So it's just almost so ironic how well and forward and clean cut that went when you know how fucking messy of a tornado the next scandal is going to be. And hearing Lala say, my love, you will never be a mistress and don't let anybody tell you otherwise, you can't write this shit. That was wild. And the fact that the date is going on the same night of Lala's birthday, so she leaves the date and then shows up and they have this relatively poetic interaction outside and then both go in their separate ways and the music starts playing. I mean, that was like a cinematic masterpiece. And I agree with you. Listen, I'm no fan of Raquel, but I can, I guess I can be a little bit more objective with her than I feel I can be with Sandoval. I did think she handled this relatively well. You know, she was straightforward in her conversation with him. She was calm. She set her boundaries. She got up and she left. You know, it's it's easy to rip her apart for the things that deserve it. I didn't, I really didn't feel like this was one of them, but just the fact that the, the conversation with Lala happened in a way that is so eerie to watch now, specifically because we know current day out of this entire group, no one's going harder against her than Lala. Another eerie moment was in the kitchen when Katie, Tom, and Ariana, when she called her a whore and both Ariana and Tom are defending Raquel, like, no, she's not a whore. She's not a whore. And Katie says, I made a request. If he wants to go around fucking all his friends, then you don't have to get my friendship. And for anyone that can't understand that, may God have mercy on your soul and pray that no one ever does this to you. I feel like even Katie watching that back and even Lala watching that back, they're like, I cannot believe that those words came out of my mouth and I had no idea what was coming to me. Like, it's just, it's literally not to be believed. Well, it's just what is so wild about this episode is that there's so much going on here, right? We have a million different storylines to keep up with. And when you're watching it for the first time, they seem relatively separate. But watching it now, they are all so connected because here we have Raquel and Schwartz. And when that's being discussed specifically by Katie, obviously what we are also tuned into is one, the way in which Katie and the rest of the cast views Raquel's character to be, but second of all, primarily the way in which Sandoval is engaging with all of this. Like that is where our minds are at. Second to that, we have Oliver and Raquel, which in theory feels like a completely separate plot line, but it's really not because if you're watching this episode at face value, you see what appears to be vindication Raquel is getting for removing herself from a situation involving infidelity. Meanwhile, watching it, knowing what we know now, with it involving Sandoval, the other person we are so tuned into, it's like, it's fucking me up. <laughs> I, I, it's like, I want to say to us, let's just take a deep breath, but I also don't want to take a deep breath. I want to keep this energy because I can't remember the last time I felt like this from a show that wasn't Vanderpump. Like it, it's getting me going in a way that I, honestly, this show is getting me going in a way that a man hasn't in, in a while. 
I mean, listen, they got big shoes to fill after these episodes of Vanderpump. After the reunion, forget it. We're always going to be disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) I felt like I was doing an English literature like essay when, you know, in class, you always had to like find the theme of the book or like the underlying icons in the story. It was like everything, no matter if it had anything, nothing to do with Scandaval, it all led to it. And knowing this, having this information, watching it, you could see how every little thing related back to that. You're right. It's like some of these things had nothing to do with it, but in reality, it all has everything to do with it. And it was just like this poetic Greek tragedy of an episode. And just when you thought a scene was chilling and crazy, it would get to the next scene. Then it would get to the next scene. And like, we were just being fed in a way I was not expecting to be fed. And I really think the next four or five episodes until the reunion are going to be this juicy. I think so too. I mean, even Andy said tonight on on Watch What Happens, he was like, there is more where that came from. And I I fully believe him. This is not, you know, a Bachelor, Bachelorette, most dramatic season of all time, Chris Harrison thing. This is like, hands down, the most dramatic season of all time. No, this is like once in a lifetime shit. And again, I think even without Scandaval, we'd be saying, wow, this is an amazing season. Vanderpump is back. We were saying that in the beginning of the season. Like it was so good, so much going on and things that we are actually cared about. So it it's just, I mean, we are in the golden age of reality TV. Forget what anyone else says. Forget what we say all the time, by the way. Like we're like, oh, the good old days. No, this makes me have faith. I know it is so true. And I just have to reemphasize the fact that honestly, most shocking thing in this entire episode is that it is none other than Allie bringing this information to the group. That is what I call a full circle moment right there. Wait, by the way, the preview for next week where like her chopstick gets in James's eye. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, how are we getting the biggest scandal of all time? And that it it feels unfair. But that's how I feel about this entire show. Like, how are we getting the literally the news story that CNN is covering on their homepage? And also we get to see James Kennedy acting like a fool. Like, it's too good. It's I was texting you tonight. Like, if if nobody knew the context of what we were talking about, you would have thought that I was on the best date of my life. You would have thought that a guy just picked me up in a Rolls Royce, <laughs> took me to, you know, this gorgeous rooftop bar Flew overlooking the entire France. city. Yeah. You would have thought that I was in fucking Drake's house in Toronto with the Birkin closet. That's the way that I was talking. I was like, I'm in heaven. This is the best day of my life. I could never be happier because I couldn't believe the reaction the show was eliciting from me. It is amazing. We are so lucky to be consuming this. I... I just, I love it. I love Bravo. I love all of you. And good night, Detroit. (laughs) (laughs) So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the Viral Turquoise Tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. 
It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Apartments.com believes a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Okay, so a couple of other things going on in the Vanderpump universe this week, unepisode related. We have Ariana spotted with her new man at Coachella. And then we have Miravalgate, which really turned into something that I don't think any of us were expecting. Super top line, just to catch everyone up to speed in case you're not fully aware of what went on. Basically, on Friday morning, Entertainment Tonight reports, Vanderpump Rules star Raquel Levis checks into facility for mental health treatment. And this was from her rep telling Entertainment Tonight, quote, Raquel and her family decided before the relationship was discovered that she would enter a voluntary facility for mental health counseling. Her rep adds that Levis had planned to admit herself before the VPR reunion was taped on March 23rd. Quote, she was scheduled to go in pre-reunion, but decided she wanted to finish her filming commitment, says the rep. Bravo and production were aware and in support of her journey towards better mental health. Raquel's rep notes that she is not in rehab for substance abuse issues. So that's what initially comes out. And then people start to speculate that her and Tom are actually potentially together at Miraval Resort in Arizona. The Miraval Arizona Instagram account posted a photo of their bar and captioned it, you know that it's our time. These are the best days of our life. Of course, the lines from the Vanderpump Rules theme song. So Tom then posts on his story saying, I'm beyond disappointed in at Miraval and their decision to post their Instagram account this past weekend, alluding to me staying there this week. They claim to be a refuge for wellness and betterment, but that is obviously false. They'd rather feed into the negativity and spectacle that has engulfed my life. In a continuous effort to be healthy and work on myself, I planned a trip to go there completely alone to try and find some peace. Miraval clearly isn't the place for that. Special shout out to the general manager who refuses to take any responsibility for the actions of his team, even though he considered the post, quote, in poor taste. Regardless of where you stand in all this, we all deserve the chance to work to be better. There was also a video of Tom at LAX where he's going to St. Louis. We'll get into that in a second, just in terms of some of the things that he said. In terms of this Miraval thing, like two things. Number one, I absolutely cannot stand Tom Sandoval. At the same time, he's totally right. You're going somewhere, you're paying a bunch of money to be there. It is on the establishment to honor the confidentiality of you being there. So like, I know it's great content for us, but I fully get why he was pissed. In terms of the Raquel thing, I know people are really up in arms saying of like, if she's claiming she's going to a mental health facility, then it's just this resort. I just feel uncomfortable like coming down on her for that because 
I don't know her plans. I don't know if she was maybe going to go to one and it was a different one. Like there's so many real things to come down on her for that. This is not one I'm choosing to, because I don't know, you know, maybe she does have plans to go to a mental health facility. I, I, I just like, I, I think the whole thing is wild that it transpired in this way, but this isn't something that angered me necessarily. What about you? I just feel like for their sake, I almost, if I'm Raquel, I'm saying to my publicist, like, let's wrap it up. The job is done. Clearly, we've done everything we can. Like, let me figure this out on my own. Not continuing to put out statements to, you know, the public and to magazines. And in terms of Tom, like the Miraval Instagram captions, the hill you're going to die on, like out of everything, you barely apologize to Ariana, your partner of 10 years until everyone basically bullied you into doing it after you apologized more towards your own restaurant and you're going to go after Miraval's Instagram. I, I don't know. The whole thing is just like, again, blown out of proportion. Everyone is, including us, picking up on every little thing. And I think they just need to like figure it out. Because by the way, once the reunion airs, like everything is just going to get so much more inflamed again. So I feel like if I'm them, if I'm their friends and the advice I'm giving them is like, just let's just lay low, be chill. No, I completely agree. This is not the strategy. I'm just saying if I'm him, which by the way, this is coming from someone that like can't even stand to look at him. I get why I'm pissed. I, I don't think that it's the most kosher thing that if you are the establishment where someone is choosing to stay, you even alluding to their presence. Obviously the question then arises, well, was this more of kind of a brand deal and he was going and it was going to be a comped room and he was going to have to post about it. So they felt that it was kosher to post this because he was going to be posting anyway, potentially after the fact. I don't know. Certainly possible. I know he loves a comped room. The lines are definitely blurred. I'm just saying like, I get, I get not loving that if I'm him. I do think it's a strange hill to die on, but I can't lie and say that I can't at least even a little understand where he's coming from, even though I fucking can't stand the guy. It's objectively weird of Miraval. I'm not saying that. Like they are a very high caliber, well-to-do establishment that some social media manager maybe made a big error because they were at like the center of this chatter and they wanted to lean into it. It of course is objectively weird. I just feel like he's basically not posted anything on his Instagram or on stories for the last like month or two. And he's going to come back with these like screenshots with arrow gifts pointing at the caption. And then today posts all these like stories from his hike. It's just like, it's a lot. Well, I can't stop thinking about that. was like POV. You're just another patron of Miraval. And I remember years ago, my mom went for like a friend's 50th birthday or something. And there's just like all these women in robes having these very spiritual practices and you turn to your right, like you just come out of your massage, you're in your robe, you're sitting in this gorgeous room, you're drinking your green tea with a little bit of lemon and ginger and you turn to your right and it's Tom Sandoval with his white nails. Like that is... I cannot stop thinking like, and I, can't you see like a, a mom c- c- leaving the spa, getting out her phone, calling her daughter, being like, I think that Sandoval guy from that show you watch is here. And it's like that meme of like, grandma, let's get you home. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but then it's, <laughs> then it's really fucking Tom Sandoval in his robe. I, that, I can't get that visual out of my mind. <laughs> oh my God. Like, honey, I think Tom Sandoval is in my drum circle today. <laughs> <laughs> like that. That was killing me. Killing oh my me. God. Oh my God. I mean, like, yeah. if you're going to get it out, you might as well go to Miraval, but. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I, I, I do want to. <laughs> POV, no. POV, you're in like a drum circle and, and the instructor is like, okay, 
everyone go around and say like what you know you're feeling and what you want to get your anger out about today. And everyone's like, my husband, my wife, my kids, the stress of work. And Sandoval's like, oh, I'm just going through the most public breakup <laughs> scandal. And I've been cheating on my partner of 10 years with this other girl who's also our friend and also in our friend group. And it became worldwide news. And now everyone has shunned me and I have to film a reunion last week. And it was so hard on me. And they're like, okay. And, 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 by, and by the way, Raquel's there. Like that, that's the kicker. <laughs> Raquel's she like, ditto what he said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that is hilarious fucking visual. Wait, side note, other Vanderpump thing. Ariana at Coachella, just hands down living her best life with all of her friends. She went to Camp Poosh, got tatted by John Boy. She was making out with, what appears to be her new man. His name is Daniel Y. He is a fitness trainer. Friends were posting photos of them together, making out. And then Sheena tonight on Watch What Happens said she really, really likes him. Apparently he lives in New York. Who knows what's going to happen? But Sheena said that, you know, she just met him at Coachella. They had a great time. And then, you know, to, to really wrap this all up, when Tom is interviewed by TMZ at LAX, they ask him if he's heard about Ariana's new man and what he thinks about it. And with this just shit-eating grin, he's like, I love it. It makes me so happy. That's exactly what I think she should be doing. Oh, like his like, I love it, man. It makes me so happy. Like, shut the fuck up. But it does make me so happy. I mean, no one was living the life more than Ariana this weekend. She was like, from what it appears on social media, of course, who knows actually, but I have a lot of faith that she had like the time of her life. I mean, this girl was on the cover of everything. See all the celeb looks at Coachella. Like she is next to like Haley Bieber. And it's just, it's amazing. Like what a bounce back. What It wasn't even a bounce back. What a resurgence after like a couple of days. She is just on top. Well, I, I just think there's a couple of different ways that this could have gone down. And obviously the common denominator is like, she was going to have the public support no matter what, because when you are the person that is involved in the situation in the way that she was, of course, there is going to be so much compassion directed towards you. Then on top of it, people happen to really like her, but you could kind of just ride that in a way that it was laying relatively low, you know, kind of almost leaning into the sympathy. And if that's the route that she took, there would have been nothing wrong with that. Like people cope differently, but she really said no, you know, as, as she said in her Instagram, whatever doesn't kill me better run. And she is proving that to be true because she's taking this and I think just using it as fuel for her to continue to fly. And it's really a joy to witness. An absolute pleasure. Okay. So I want to talk cookware for a second because I haven't told you guys about this company and I recently tried their products and I fully understand the hype now. So they're called Great Jones and they make really high quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that also happens to be beautiful. Like I know it's kind of a weird way to describe cookware, but you'll see what I mean when you go on the website. In terms of colors, they have your classic black and white, but they also have pinks, greens, yellows, blues, just like really vibrant, fun colors. And everything is non-toxic. So they have, you know, Dutch oven, ceramic dishes, non-stick sheet pans. Everything is non-toxic to me. That's huge. And we all know, like, I'm not the biggest cook, but I have my staples. And I got originally from them, the Fry family, which is the eight and 10 inch ceramic nonstick pans. And they're just great. I got them in the white because that matches the best with my kitchen. I love cooking on them. And I also, I know, again, it sounds kind of weird, but I love the way they look in my kitchen. And the thing is, once you get these, you're going to want to get them for your friends. So they make incredible gifts for weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays, whatever occasion you need. It's a great gift. 
Upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code CBC. That's greatjones.com promo code CBC. Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable, like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second. But we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard Skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because you guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which... I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. I can speak for myself in saying that I came into this season of Summer House fully expecting to be Team Danielle. And the more and more this plays out, I am telling you, I'm on Lindsay's side for this one. I, it's, it's weird, or it feels weird, I should say, for me to say, because I really wasn't anticipating it. But this is like a totally un even argument as far as I'm concerned. I am so much more aligned with the way that Lindsay is approaching it. I mean, I've gotten multiple texts this week of like, I'm having a identity crisis because I was assuming I'd be so in with Danielle. I always see her perspective, but I actually think Lindsay might be quote, right. I just don't even really know if I could give you a definition of what this fight is about. I thought that there would be a really, really concrete, like big argument or one thing that they were fighting about, but it's sort of just like lack of support on both sides and who's in the wrong. And it's a mess kind of. It's just like, generally speaking, I'm aligned with the idea that as a friend, specifically when you are as close to someone as Lindsay and Danielle are to one another, you should be able to voice concerns about what's going on in that person's life freely. But that's not really what's going on here because, you know, not to quote Lindsay on on Watch What Happens, but it's true. Danielle is not giving her concrete reasons as to where her concern is stemming from. And I, I... I agree with Lindsay. I think it's a little bit hypocritical coming from her who moved in with Robert after two months of knowing each other to all of a sudden have this stance as though Carl and Lindsay are so out of line for having been best friends for seven years and then, you know, moving in after eight months and now talking about engagement. It's like, I know that from her perspective, if, if I'm Danielle, I'm so like, 
taken aback that Lindsay can't see, or in her eyes can't see that she genuinely is so happy for her. And she's just voicing these concerns as a true friend. But if I'm Lindsay, I'm struggling to find where the happiness is. I don't know. I'm sorry. I never thought that I would see the day that I'm saying this and maybe I'll be wrong. But in this moment, what I see from Danielle is someone that is in a really rough spot in her relationship, feeling honestly, a little bit of jealousy, whether consciously or subconsciously about the fact that Carl and Lindsay are able to spend so much time together. And honestly, that it just feels so seamless. Like one thing about her relationship with Robert, solely from the nature of his job, it's not easy. And I think the ease of that is something that is making her lose it a little bit. Like you can't tell me that that conversation she had with Carl when they were all out that night and she's screaming into the pillow was coming from a person who is approaching this entire situation rationally. And that is the last thing ever. I am such a Danielle fan, but I'm team Lindsay on this. Like I know for the last few weeks, I've been kind of, it's sitting on the fence or whatever you want to call it. I'm not in this current moment. I am much more team Lindsay and I'm not afraid to say it. Because I just understand and also feel Lindsay's confusion now. Like that is exactly how I'm feeling. And I, I empathize with Danielle because I know I sound like a broken record, but I really do feel her in that I think she just is overall annoyed, irked, not on board, also unhappy with herself and can't find the words or even the concrete reasons that she's upset. So she's trying to sort of grasp at anything she can come up with and they're moving too fast or they're spending this money or whatever the reasons are she's giving that aren't valid. It's all she has because I just think she actually cannot put into words her emotions because, you know, there are emotions that don't have words, but you can't bring that to someone and start a fight that is then going to end your friendship over something that you can't even really vocalize to the person you're bringing it to. Right. And there are parts of this separate from Carl and Lindsay's relationship that can really be extracted as totally legitimate. Meaning when Danielle says, you know, I just want you to ask me what's going on because I'm really struggling. That's real. Like that is a totally fair frustration to have with a friend, specifically when you feel that you are giving more to them emotionally than they are to you. But the conflation is where she's losing me. I wish she would just say, I really feel that you have been so wrapped up in this relationship and I'm so happy for you, but it's taken away a lot of your time and I'm struggling with that a little bit because I feel that you haven't been that good of a friend to me. On top of that, I see you so happy with Carl and I'm not feeling so great about what's going on with me and Robert, not because we're having problems, just because I can't really spend time with him and it's really making me sad. And so in addition to me being sad about that, I'm not only watching you thriving, which I am happy for, but it's bringing some up for me, but also it's not allowing you to spend that much time with me and give me what I'm lacking with Robert. Like I'm not expecting her to lay that all out. And I don't even mean to put words in her mouth because I'm sure that's not exactly how she was feeling, but she stated these two separate things yet conflated them in a way that didn't make me fully trust either. And I just, it's fucked up. Like this is, this is a a sad situation. And Andy asked Lindsay this week on Watch What Happens, is Danielle going to be at the wedding? And her response is, we're going to have to see what happens at the reunion. And I believe her when she says that, like, I really think there's a lot riding on this. I know it really makes me nervous. Maybe Danielle watching this back will understand better like and see how it came across and understand also you know not that the internet chatter is a a good thing by any means but sometimes you get feedback or see things in a way that you probably didn't see them in the moment I just think also everything you said is true but she wasn't able to separate this feeling of like 
and I don't like who you are now with Carl. You've really changed and like you're kind of annoying and your personality is different. Because how do you say that? How do you look your best friend in the eye and be like, you are so happy. You're in the best place you've ever been. But I personally am not digging your new aura and it's got to change or else we can't be friends anymore. Like it's just, it's something that can't be done. Some things you can't change. And I think she's really struggling in this moment to be like, I can't be friends with this person anymore. How do I make that an argument with her? It's just like, it's all so fucked up. And I, I just feel bad for all of them. And I think Lindsay really felt ambushed. Like, what did I do wrong? And Danielle wasn't able to vocalize it past, like, you're not there for me and you're not being a good friend to me. And that wasn't really going to solve the issue. I know. And it's like, there were times when Danielle was talking that I was really feeling for her because you can tell like Lindsay is factually, and she'd be the first one to admit it, very wrapped up in this new relationship with Carl. And it's taking over a lot of her energy and her attention. And so like, that was the part where Danielle really had something there if she kind of personalized it a little more, but it was like, she was personalizing it yet. She was personalizing the wrong aspect of it almost, or like the aspect of Lindsay's relationship that actually impacted her the least. We're going to have to see how this plays out, but I'm the first, listen, I'm so happy to admit when I was wrong. And I really feel that I was wrong on this. I came in thinking that I was going to be fully aligned with Danielle and I'm just not. And you know what? That's okay. Next week I could be on her side, but right now I don't think I am. I do though need to transition to Sam and Corey for a second. I'm obsessed. I love this love story. I cannot get enough. I will watch a whole season of just the two of them. They can build the whole cast around them. I'm so in. Sue me. Sue me. Sue me. I know. It's like, I know there are so many people probably listening to this and just annoyed with them, not fully getting it. I don't care. I think it's fun. They're young. They're hot. You know, it's it's kind of like this defied all odds because he was the one that never wanted commitment, specifically coming off of Winterhouse with Jess. I also think it brings out such a different side of Sam. I love how she said, you know, she can be so accepted for her entire self, specifically coming off of the conversation with Maya, where she was told that she needs to talk a little bit less. I loved them on Watch What Happens. And I hope they're in it, not necessarily for the long haul. I mean, if so, God bless them, but I hope they're in it for long enough where we get some more content. I mean, it's already been somewhat of a long haul by certain standards. It's almost been a year that they've been together. I just loved how easy it felt. We saw the flirty, we saw the kissing, then all of a sudden they show up at the party together. It's just like, I'm having the best time. And it's such a nice relief when you move away from like this deep, sad drama, this end of a friendship into this like beautiful new relationship. It's just like, it's a perfect balance and... Yeah, I, I'm loving it. I agree. And actually, one last thing that I wanted to just point out from Watch What Happens. You know how Andy is so expressive in his facial reactions? Like, if yeah. he's not vibing with a guest, you can tell. If he's not interested in what they're saying, you can tell. Even him cutting the after show short this week with Margaret and Jackie, because he was like, by the way, I'm tired. We're ending this. Like, he's just at the, <laughs> he's at the phase in his career where he can do it and he does do it. And honestly, it's part of the charm of the show. Anyway, all to say... I feel like Andy was even surprised at how much he liked Sam on Watch What Happens because she was answering his questions in such a concise manner. And I don't mean concise because she talks a lot. Like I feel that something I've picked up on Andy from watching Watch What Happens for so many years, he doesn't love when people ramble. Like he just wants them to get to the point. And Sam got to the point so 
beautifully. And like, I, I feel like for him specifically coming off of maybe this image he had of her from watching the show, from the way that she's been described, she came in and she nailed it even more so than Lindsay. And I don't know. I was just really happy that her Watch What Happens debut went like this. I'm telling you, you could be like the worst person in the world. If you come on Watch What Happens Live and answer your questions concisely, don't waste time. And like you said, get straight to the point. Andy will love you and have you back as many times as you want. Yeah, it's like every one of those virtual fans that before they say, you know, they have to give the, hi, Andy, I'm your biggest fan. It's like, I can't wait to see you at BravoCon. I saw you on the street four years ago. Actually, my great aunt's friend's friend went to Jill Zarin's store once and gave her a hug and took this picture. Do you want me to get out my baby <laughs> photos? It's like, all right, we got 29 minutes left, lady. <laughs> right. Like, by the way, I'm, I'm all here for the anecdotes. I just know that Andy is not. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like, You shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you and honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. So you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code CELEBS. In terms of Jersey, listen, I know we've been kind of hard on Jersey recently. I will say this was a very fun episode. I was having the time of my life in Ireland. This Melissa and Teresa thing on the bus. I mean, I, I don't even know where to begin with that. The Danielle and Margaret thing. <laughs> I'm kind of lost. I, I, okay, here's the thing. What is the issue with having an arsenal? And what is the issue with repeating the fact that you heard someone has an arsenal? I just, the reaction doesn't feel fitting. Yeah, it's like, Marge, I hate to break it to you, but that's kind of your thing. Jackie was on Watch Robin's Live and she sort of said like, Marge, you're a Yenta. And if you don't know what a Yenta is, Marge is just simply a Yenta. Just like, I don't know, a little gossipy, chatty, knows everything about everyone, knows everyone's business. And like, you are a housewife. That is 
quite literally the number one qualification is to have that sort of thing in your back pocket. Like, I I don't know. It just, it doesn't fit the crime. It's like, that has literally been your reputation since day one. And now you're going to get mad because she used the word arsenal. It's like enough already. And with Melissa and Teresa, again, I just actually can't even anymore. Bringing up the kids all of a sudden is like this big trigger for Melissa. And she felt like Teresa was blaming Antonia for the demise of the friendship between the kids, which like, of course, isn't fair. But as everyone was pointing out, Melissa has no problem going on her podcast talking about the Judice girls and her role in their lives when Teresa was away. And like, there's so many instances. And I mean, Joe treating Gia like a full adult and having conversations with her on the show, like, we are so past that point. It just, it wasn't really Teresa's intention, but also you can just feel how little Teresa literally gives a shit. Like she does not care. There is zero energy there. She is not even like willing to have the conversation because it's just not worth her energy. She's like, I, I, I'm going to have to get dressed and go to dinner tonight. I cannot hash this out with you on this bus. Yeah. I mean, they're both just so hypocritical because if the roles were reversed and Rachel Fuda would have said to Melissa, so Melissa, are your kids and Teresa's kids close? And if Melissa even started her sentence with, well, they were, and then Melania didn't, Teresa would have fucking lost it. So here's Teresa not understanding why Melissa's getting so pissed. Yet at the same time, Melissa is the one that brings up the kids on her podcast with Joe when it's advantageous to her. They're both full of shit. Also, wait, I want to say, I felt really validated tonight when I was watching Michael Rappaport answer the question about what he thinks about Louis. And he basically says what we said of like, I just don't know. Like sometimes I love the guy. Sometimes I think that he's super bizarre. I don't love the fact that he's wearing no-nos pajamas. And like, I just can't really get a read. And that is exactly how I feel. Yeah. It's our exact sentiment of like one moment. I think he's the best thing that ever happened to her. One moment I'm a little bit confused. And one moment I'm like, whoa, he is the biggest red flag ever. And it's just an endless cycle, I guess. But I mean, they're married, they're happy. She's living her best life. They're dancing on tables in St. Bart's. And like, who am I to be angry at that? I just know I'm going to be at my deathbed and someone's going to ask me like, so what do you think about Louie? And I'm going to be like, well, I, I do like, think- fuck, you can't torture me with that question. And now- I know, I know. I just, <laughs> I just know I will constantly because yeah, I do think he improved her life in some ways. I also think he is- slightly terrifying. And I think that I'm just going to have to accept the reality that the two can coexist. (laughs) Wait, I just saw the funniest tweet. Allie dragged Schwartz with that comment when she said, I love Schwartz, but he's literally 40 years old and wears PJs out. (laughs) So true. Another point in the Allie bucket. Sorry, I know we're jumping all over. You know, like when they say new ick unlocked? Yeah. Oh, him getting into the bathtub, new ick unlocked. Right? Yeah, I mean, the icks have all been unlocked at this point. Um, Last thing on Jersey, I want to say, it wasn't in the episode, but there's been a lot of talk about this, is that Marge, I guess, contacted someone, a fan, a Twitter user, who had a physical copy of the skinny Italian pizza oven. I guess she was getting it as some sort of receipt to bring to the reunion, which I believe is filming this week, Thursday or Friday. And, you know, they're all just like, can't explain it, but that's pretty Rinna behavior of her. So we'll see if she brings it. We'll see if she uses it in her, quote, arsenal. And yeah, that's what's going on back in Jersey. <laughs> it is a little bit Rinna, but I, I don't know. It's kind of like the Monique Binder. Was it over right. the top? Yeah. Did I eat that shit up? Absolutely. You can't hate the player or the game in Housewives, no. you know? You got to just embrace it. 
No. Where I would like to end is obviously we are recording this Wednesday night. I guess now technically it's Thursday morning, 1238 AM, because we could physically not contain ourselves after that <laughs> Vanderpump episode. And so we made the decision that we will be recording this before watching the Ultimate Girls Trip finale. However, you are have already seen the finale. And at the time that this episode airs, the finale will have aired because you were at the Peacock event at the Crosby Street Hotel, where you were treated to a day in quote Pepsi Spa and then a surprise appearance by Portia Williams. And <laughs> you and I haven't even debriefed. So would you like to give 60 seconds to the people on what that was like slash your yeah. thoughts on the finale? I mean, they threw an amazing event. We viewed the finale, which I have to say, I know we've been like not recapping it. The finale episode was so fucking funny, so heartfelt. Like I literally laughed and cried in this whole episode. Like I was hooked, didn't go on my phone once. I was so happy to be there. It really felt like just an amazing episode, kind of what we've been waiting for this whole season. So I highly, highly recommend if you haven't even watched the season, now you'll just binge it. It's great. The event was incredible. We didn't think anybody was going to be there. All of a sudden, Portia walks in holding the Casa Azul bottle as a joke. She just had such a fabulous energy. She hadn't even seen the finale yet. And yeah, Peacock just put on the best event. I'm literally sitting right now in my Ultimate Girls Trip Thailand bathrobe. They had nail art with all the women's faces. They had eye patches. They had massages, the whole thing. It was so much fun. and. I cannot recommend watching this finale enough, truly. I couldn't tell if I was like, is it just fun to watch it in a movie theater where everyone's laughing? But then like, I was rewatching parts of it today and I was cracking up the same way. So really amazing. And I just, I love Ultimate Girls Trip so much. I hope they never stop making them. I really hope it's true that they're bringing the New York women back together to do that in place of legacy. And the the options are endless because you can do so many different variations of groups it literally could go on for years and years. It could outlive the Housewives franchise and will never not be funny. Wait, I just want to clarify. The reason that we weren't recapping it as religiously was just because there was so much other stuff going on and it didn't feel like in deep need of analysis. But no part of me thought that this was slow. I I was obsessed with this season. It was it was my favorite one thus far. I mean, I, the fact that we were getting- really Technically, was there more to- analyze at Bluestone Matter. Absolutely. But there was something about just seeing like Whitney Rose and Giselle together in Thailand that got me going in a way that Bluestone Matter couldn't. Again, if I'm talking like all-star housewives, I do think the Bluestone one gave a little bit more of that, but there was something almost magical about this Thailand trip. By the way, we could not end this podcast without acknowledging the heart and soul of this Thailand trip that is Pepsi. No, you don't even know this finale. I was absolutely hysterical. We'll touch on it next week because I actually want to play a game and I want to hear everyone else's thoughts too. Like who on the trip you feel you have a completely different or a new outlook on and like a new respect for or who you view differently, negatively. Like I really think this shows such a different side to people and I don't know. I have so many thoughts swirling. I'm going to watch the finale again. And I think that's a fun discussion for us to end with next week. So let's circle back on that. Yes. I cannot wait. I mean, I, I could, I could like write a college thesis on Heather, honestly. I've said so, so <laughs> oh, many thoughts. yeah. No, I yeah. know. It's really, yeah. Something. Something. Well, you guys, 
another week, another Bravo recap. I just, sometimes you got to just do it at midnight because Vanderpump was that electric and that was one of those nights. And I feel good about that decision. Is there anything else you would like to mention? I, th- I think that's it. I, I left it all on the, on the dance floor here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me too. Okay. Well, we love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us do this. It is the most fun thing ever. And I just feel really lucky to, to be a Bravo fan. So we love you. And Julie and I will see you next week for our regular episode. Bye.